Welcome to episode 205 of Making Movies is Hard. This week we have a conversation from back in December of last year with Jordan Harris, who is currently working on a show for uh, Cartoon Network as a showrunner, I guess is what it is. Um, but yeah, we talk all about what his day-to-day is, what the process is for the show. We can't even say what the show is because it's not out yet. But it's a really interesting conversation, and we basically um, we spend a whole hour talking about just that process of like the animation process. And then the next week we go into some different things, more about him, him as a filmmaker, and you know where his career is going. So this is a great conversation, and Andrew Schrader is his uh, co-director, and he's the co-host for this episode. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. But more importantly. Uh, this is uh, the midpoint, basically, of our um, you know contest for the most uh, new iTunes reviews in the month of May. We have six so far, six new ones in May. Um, so thank you all for your wonderful reviews. Um, we have lost, though. <laughs> um, Just Shoot It has already won. They have 25 reviews in 14 days. Unbelievable, which is fantastic. Um, with Light the Fuse right behind them. So, but anyways, I don't want this to stop. We just keep going. Um, you know, I, I need I need more reviews, guys. I want to get to 25. Even if I'm in last place, but I just get to 25 in May, in May, that'll make me very happy. So, do what you guys can. See if you guys can get us to 25. And thanks so much for listening and supporting the show. And yeah, here is episode 205 with filmmaker Jordan Harris. Audio levels are golden. Uh, cool. Is everyone comfortable in their spots? Feel pretty good. Yeah. Nice. I finally got it. Is it gonna be longer. bad if I sip tea? No. Gonna pick that up. It's gonna be good. If I do it no, really I think loud. we should yeah. keep it. Just do whatever. You know. Yeah. Keep it chill, keep man. It chill, yeah. I, I sometimes eat during the podcast, and I just try to hide it. And but it's always a bad choice because, <laughs> like, I'm always in mid bite when someone finishes a thought, and I'm like, gotta like wait to talk. <laughs> so I try not to eat during the podcast. But yeah. Yeah. we could also cut the, the the dead space. But then if it's a guest, they're like, what? Did I just say something wrong? Like, oh, God, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. man. And they make them all nervous and stuff, you know. But they can see you eating. No, because this is the first one we've ever done in person. Oh, wow. Yeah, we That's usually fun. do them, you know, remotely. Uh, so do you tell them ahead of time you're eating or do you try to sneak no, it? sneak it, dude. I'm not going to tell them I'm eating during their podcast. How rude would that be? Yum, yum, yum. They like gave me an hour of their time, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to eat this muffin right now, dude. Oh, it's just a muffin. Or I was thinking sometimes like peanut butter, some soup or something, like some stew. I've definitely eaten stew on the podcast before. That mm. is true. That seems like a tricky one because there's slurping and crunching involved. Yeah. Yeah. It's always bad. Yeah. So do you want to intro, Andrew? Do you know the intro well enough? You can do it off the top of your head or do you need me to intro? How do you want to do I wouldn't even know where to intro because, you know, I, I if I intro Jordan, then then it's like in relation to me. I'm too I'm too. We've been working together so long. I want him to have his own bio. You know what I mean? Right. Well, he will. Yeah. He will make him. Yeah. You know, I think I but... think you should you should do it. Okay. Sure. Well, then, but you're gonna intro him, right? Or you can't intro him. Are you introing the prod the podcast? Yeah. Can you do the welcome? Oh, make yeah, you, yeah. Welcome I'll, to making movies intro, hard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We should have just had this whole thing in the podcast. We don't even really intro it. We, oh, Welcome yeah, to we, making movies hard. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The name of the podcast we're on right now. Should we do it? Um, uh, what's it called? Chris Hardwick style, where they just start talking, and then it's like there is no intro besides the the stupid music that plays. It doesn't well, if, even if you feel want like to. we're on a podcast. No. Well, whatever you want. I don't care. Okay. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll do the making movies is hard intro and then throw this in after i don't know because people are used to hearing the intro people are used to it okay yeah i mean i don't know hey we're it's a new world though we can do whatever we want i can yeah. uh but uh well in any case uh for both of you welcome to making movies is hard this is a podcast about the everyday struggles of independent filmmaking uh my name's andrew schrader i'm all purcell and today we are in my apartment and this is the first podcast Ulrich. Uh, all together, not live, in one space. True. So that we can see each other and have yeah. a discussion. Just chilling on the couch, you know? How's the coffee? It's excellent. I like it. Yeah, I don't even need half and half, dude. Oh, I good. Usually, I'm a half and half guy. This is perfect. That's good. I don't I don't have half and half anyway. Oh, good. I'm glad. I have buttermilk. Oh, no. Which I don't think you'd want. Bad choice. Have you ever tried putting butter in your coffee? Yeah, I don't like it. I've never tried it. Yeah, I have a friend who was like doing butter and then like some protein and some other stuff in his coffee. And I was like, that is just gross. He yeah, I mean, got a sip. It was gross. Yeah. do it. I, I don't even want to try it. Yeah. Well, today we have a special guest, uh, Jordan. Can't remember your last name, man. I'm sorry. It's better that way. Is it better? <laughs> <laughs> better I don't want anyone to find me. You don't want people to find you? They couldn't anyway. It, my last name's Harris. Jordan Harris. If you, if you look me up, you might be able to find me, but there's like hundreds of us Jordan Harris's out there in the oh, world. Oh, really? Yeah, so watch out. Is that a problem? Like, do you want, like, are you, do you want to be more visible and it's hard to find, or do you like the anonymity of the Jordan Harris name? Um, I guess at times it works to my advantage and disadvantage. I don't know. I uh, I managed to get jordanharris.com. Don't go there. But I, I own it. Don't go there? Why would you? I don't know. Because they want to learn about you, dude, and like find your work there's and your lewd movies. Lewd pictures. Yeah. It's, there's only terrible things. There's lewd there. pictures? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, that's I don't really keep it up. That's why you shouldn't go there. Oh, okay. Little, is there a play? Well, well, this is supposed to be at the end of the podcast where you tell people where to find your work. Well, we'll get that to that later. But uh, the main thing is that you're Andrew's directing and writing partner, right? Yeah. Nice. Correct. Awesome. We talked about you a lot on the podcast. Like I think way back to episode twenty, Andrew was talking about you know you working together and stuff. And then in the last episode, we talked a little bit about you too. And yeah, it's awesome to have you on the show, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andrew's been talking about the podcast. It seems really awesome. I like. I also think that making movies is hard. Nice. You 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 agree with the name of the podcast? Yeah, the whole premise I think is correct. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because we have some people on who like don't like it. They think that we're being too negative or pessimistic, and that it's like, you know, oh, if you if you it's so hard, why are you even doing it? But it's like, but it's, do these people make movies? Because <laughs> if they did, I feel like <laughs> they would understand the reality of it. Right. And I mean, I'm not trying to. I don't want to diminish them in any way. I just, I just mean it, it, all of my experiences across every everything I've worked on. It's all hard. Everything's hard. Yeah. No, I totally feel that. And um, but I mean, but just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not fun and not worth it and not great in a lot of other a lot of ways in all ways really. But uh, but yeah, I love. That's the whole point of this podcast is to recognize the struggle, you know, and dissect it and work through it and. 
you know, talk to people who are like, you know, way ahead in their careers who are still struggling and then people who are just trying to figure it out, you know, in the beginning. Um, but before we get into stuff, give us like your one minute bio of like your background and like, you know, who you are, what you do, what are you working on now or whatever you want it to be. Well, let's see. I don't know. Where, where, what should I start with? Like, well, you were should... born a poor black man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the jerk? That's that's me. That's funny. I, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, you. I, these things are so awkward for me. If someone tells you know, like, buy, it's hard to come up with something on the spot. But like, where are you? What are you doing right now? Um. Well. I'm currently working as a story editor on a new show for Cartoon Network. Um, before that, maybe if I work backwards, it would help. Yeah, that works. Okay. So right now I'm working as a story editor on a new show for Cartoon Network. Before that, I was doing a bunch of editing um, for, uh, I don't know, comedy shows and advertisements, and I... Uh, wrote children's and directed. Hospital. Oh yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I edited cool. on Children's Hospital, and um, I don't know a whole bunch of stuff. Just a slew of comedy that mostly went to all of those mid-tier streaming platforms. And I let's see. I I wrote and directed a show for Full Screen, a horror show. Andrew and I have done two movies. Um, we write a lot of stuff that doesn't, that doesn't go anywhere. And, uh, I was born in San Diego. Nice. Did so I you do guys... it wrong? Should I do it No, that's good. Instead? No, that I better? think that's good. Do whatever you want. So I'm just going to summarize really quick. So yeah. you've written and directed two feature films, um, both horror movies. One's a horror movie. One's like a drama, family drama. Yeah. Maybe. I could do, uh, I could like list off some credits or something if yeah well and then yeah and then add to that so what else you got you got those two movies what else okay so i yeah so i wrote and directed with andrew two feature films a psychedelic horror film and a sort of family coming of age uh dramedy thing it's real it's kind of a weird one uh, for the genre and um, that's why it's so charming because it's so weird and different and I really enjoyed that you know yeah I mean we always try to do stuff that's a little off kilter or I don't know if we even try to I think that's just what comes out yeah it's pretty natural I'd say yeah it's your, your guys' style you know yeah it's what we're into or I, I don't know I, I try I think that I'm writing things that are normal but then I look at them later and I'm like this is weird Oh yeah, that's kind of how it <laughs> happens works. every time for me. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So, so then you also edited on Children's Hospital, and then you made a, a show for full screen, a horror show. Yeah, yeah, I edited uh, at Abominable for a while, and I did a show. I did a full screen show called Filthy Preppy Teens there, and a bunch of pilots, and an Adult Swim special. Uh, the Lords of Synth live at Necropolis, which is a pretty fun thing oh, nice. to check. Yeah, if you want to check something out. That one's pretty fun. Uh, some Children's Hospital 
And I don't know. I did. Uh, I've edited a lot of stuff. And that's all editing at Abominable. Yeah, okay. yeah. I I used to cut for. I don't know. I cut for like the last decade until recently as my main uh, source of income. I I did a show that Megan Kelly produced. I didn't know that she really? had produced it until oh, afterwards. Interesting. Oh, funny. And then I was reading about it and I was like, wait, what? Which one? It's called Embeds. It's it was this show that was like about. Um, about like young journalists on the campaign trail. I guess it was you know something that she knew about her. I mean I don't know weird about her. Yeah, but um, huh. but it, I thought that was weird when I found out afterwards. Cause she wasn't your boss or anything. No, I mean she's like an e a EP or something, right. probably a name only. It was through another like through some production okay. company, my friend uh, or, or uh, someone who I had worked with a lot directed it, so he brought me in to like cut an episode um in a week that was kind of hectic nice but um and so then did you yeah. go from editing directly to being a story editor on this cartoon network show was that like the jump right there um kind of but the thing is i do i've always done a lot of things concurrently so i i edited a bunch and i've directed for hire and and andrew and mine stuff and some of my own stuff too um and last year I wrote and directed that full screen series. Um, and then I've done a bunch of like shorts and whatever. And um, yeah, then I my, basically someone who, one of my friends who I hadn't really directly worked with before, but I had kind of, um, I've, I'd known for a long time and we, we were both kind of active in channel 101 which is uh a it's not really a film festival it's it's like a, a group of people who get together and screen um these episodic shorts at uh, a theater in la um it's pretty fun uh, it's all comedy stuff but anyway so someone that i knew from that scene ended up getting a show at cartoon network and he brought me in to help him out because he liked the stuff that I had done. Nice. Awesome. So that brings us up to current times. Yeah, yeah, basically. So I have a kind of a very specific question, but this is more for me than uh, for anyone else, but hopefully the listeners will dig it too. Because um, I also freelance edit back in the Bay Area. Um, I'm just curious, like, how did you get all your jobs? Like, did you just, through word of mouth, people you knew, were you applying to stuff through work boards or something? Like, how did it work for you? Um, I don't know... If I, I don't, I'm not sure if I ever applied for an editing job cold the entire time that I wow. freelanced. That's awesome. <laughs> I so guess. It was all re recommendations and just references from other people? Yeah. And when the first, the first job that I had was um, when we were editing our first movie or we were in post for it, um, my friend was cutting at Fox Digital was like this little uh this little like it, it was basically like three rooms on the fox lot and i don't know what they were doing or whatever they just made shorts and stuff like that they're trying to figure out internet content it was a while back it's like a test bed yeah yeah something like that so my friend was cutting there and he brought he brought me in um and i had to like cut a reel real quick but it was all just 
the movie we had been working on oh, basically funny. just it cut was, together you know cool way yeah i guess so i don't even remember it i just remember i had to do it and it was like not a good reel at all but they're like yeah okay also they wanted to pay me ten dollars an hour oh, so. So, so it kind of didn't really matter about the reel it was no. like they're just you know they're like oh we'll give it a shot i, I negotiated up to 15 because i was like i don't know that seems pretty low <laughs> that's like not as much like, as in and out burger people make yeah but then after that, um, the next job was better. I only worked there for like a few weeks. And uh, I don't know, it just started leading to other things. Um, I, I worked for this, for break.com for a while. Okay. In its different variations. It was like break and defy. And I sort of freelance in, freelance in and out of there. Um, I don't know, the, the, the internet... There's like that whole internet boom, which is just dying now, basically. Right. And so I basically rode that, um, and I would just get more jobs from people that I worked with. So I'd work one job, and I'd meet, you know, five new people, and then maybe I'd I'd click with a couple of them, and then they'd recommend yeah. me for something else, either like the director or another editor or the post supervisor, or whoever. So it just sort of like led to one, like one sort of led to another. Um, the other question I had about that, just because this is something I've been experiencing in the Bay Area as an editor, um, is like speed. Like how much do they care about speed and like using hotkeys and being fast in that world? Um, you have to – I mean it only helps to be fast. Right. I, I, I think um, you know, if you're editing long enough – you're just going to do it anyway. You're going to start learning all the hotkeys or setting right. your own hotkeys and, and right. keyboard because uh, you, you're doing it for, you know, eight, nine hours a day or more in some cases. And like it wears on you to be using the mouse all the time. Right. And you want to be able to do things faster. Yeah. So like, you know, I but I didn't like learn them all at once or anything. I learned like a few, you know, you just add to it a li little by yeah. little. And then you go like, oh, I should be doing this thing or someone will show you a trick. And then by the, t by the, you know, like, uh, you know, a, a couple years into editing uh, consistently, you, you're not, you're barely even using the mouse. Yeah. I have to admit, I've been editing like, you know, whatever for <laughs> like something like 15 years and I still use the mouse a lot, but I mean, just cause I'm lazy. I don't know. Like I, I once you, well, you should, you should start, I'll show you some tricks. Yeah. Once you start doing it, it's, there's like no looking back. I mean, I definitely use hockey's. I, I do a lot on, but there's certain things that I, I don't know how to do without using a mouse you know but i know yeah. there's ways to do it i just don't know it we well, also have to i mean this is kind of nerdy stuff but you also have to set up your your timeline in a certain way so when you start doing keyboard editing yeah you don't want to be using like um you, you don't really want to be using multiple video tracks you want to oh. kind of try to keep things clean for the most part so you get cut on the first track mostly interesting and then you can you, you use the second track for for sort of like B-roll and auditioning things. And then once you have it, you drop it down to the first track oh. because then you can sort of like trim edit a little bit more and oh, stuff okay. like that. So that's probably my problem because I'm used to having like lots of video tracks. Um, yeah. But I, I, that's one of the things I noticed is when I was editing keyboard mainly that I would get messed up because my other tracks would get in the way. Yeah, you, know? you can't do it that well like that. Do you, What kind of stuff do you cut though? Because like... All kinds of stuff. Because for doc, doc stuff, I mean... It's a little harder to main, maintain like a clean yeah. uh, 
timeline. I don't know. It's uh, everyone gets their workflow set up, and and it's not like there's no there's nothing wrong with using a mouse or anything. It's whatever right. works faster for you. But I mean, well, I knew, but I've literally like had like not gotten jobs because I could tell that they were like not impressed that I was like using the mouse. <laughs> you know, uh, um, that 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 was kind of like the core of the question. You know, it's like like when they're sitting with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people get impatient with that stuff. I, d- I don't really know what it is with with um yeah or like I was getting grilled I interviewed for an editing position recently and like you know I, I could just tell by my answers that they just you know <laughs> he was not that impressed that's was, just so weird that yeah. they're like sitting there going like um so um, how's your hotkey game like literally <laughs> yeah. like that's like the question they ask that yeah dude well, like, it's, it's I don't weird. Know. it's a different industry up there it's a way yeah. different vibe having worked there and down here it's like they're way more hands-on up there with like what you're doing. It's like the tech industry. There's like micromanaging, right. and weird stuff up there that like, because maybe it's because there's like less productions and there's like, down here it's sort of like throw like it's just web content. It's not a huge lift. Whereas up there it's super expensive and everything's on the line all the time. Yeah. It's, it yeah. feels more like, you know, it just feels different. Yeah, interesting. Well, I gotta practice my hotkeys regardless. Um, but yeah, hopefully this wasn't too boring of a topic for our listeners. <laughs> maybe I figure you're just gonna cut all that out. Unless maybe there's a special <laughs> edition for um, no editors, freelance editors. So Andrew, um, yeah. what do you want to talk about? Where do you want to go with this conversation? I don't know. I I didn't. We didn't outline or anything. I mean, I know every. I know so much about <laughs> Jordan. I, I was like, well, we should just start. I should just have had like ten, like five movies behind my back, and then hand him that he can just start talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because all we do all day is talk about movies. Oh, that's and, funny. And make fun of stuff. Or, oh, like, I'm hilarious. Talk, talk shit about well, some random movies or you know, like fun stuff. But yeah, we could definitely do that. But I, I have. Yeah. I'm really curious about the story editing position that you have on this Cartoon Network show. I don't know how much you can talk about it on this show, but. Uh, I'm just curious, like, is that a normal position that exists, like story editor? And what is your job? And what do you do every day? And like, is it? Yeah, what is? Well, it? Uh, in animation, story editor is basically like the head writer or the head of the the writing department. And the department by the department, that's not big. It's two. I just work with two other people. But so I'm I'm sort of just the the person in charge of the story stuff. Um. I think it's pretty typical in animation to have a story editor. The the animation um, is a little different than live action. Uh, I think I think it's especially if it's um, basically that there's like primetime animation is similar to writing on any sitcom. I think, but all other animation is is way different. Um, it's not through the writers guild it's through the animation guild so oh. that that's why they have like a story editor position instead of like a head writer position so there is no head writer on your show no there's no head writer it's so, just wow. basically i work with the the show creator and who's who's the ep and um the supervising producer and uh but i'm sort of in charge of the making sure that you know we're telling interesting stories that that it's i mean i i'm kind of fumbling over this a little bit no this is interesting it's, it's a 
I work with a bunch of artists and they're more focused on the art and things conceptually. And so as story editor, I kind of see my job as like trying to figure out a way to translate that into like an actual show or something. Huh. Like, so like, let's talk about a process for an episode. Like, is it a, a regular thing where you're like on a whiteboard and you're throwing in ideas to like the rest of the artists and you're like, okay, well, like this is a storyline, this is a story plot idea, like blah, blah, blah. Or is it more like the artists draw stuff and then you like make sense of it into a story? Well, it doesn't really work very well when they draw stuff and you try to make sense of it into a story. Um, I've tried that like, I've tried that a few times, but it it's like reverse engineering something that really it's like we had this thing a concept artist do do some stuff for us at the beginning of the show and one of the things he drew was like this really cool looking submarine and so the show creators like let's do something with a submarine and I tried to to figure out how to do something like that, you know, how how to like shoehorn a submarine into an episode, which is harder than you think, really, (laughs) especially for the show that we're doing. (laughs) But um, uh, we we worked it in there and then uh, we wrote it and eventually it just, we threw away that episode and started from scratch. Wow. Uh, But but anyway, uh, so I don't really work with... Okay, well, I'll, I guess I'll just explain. Maybe, maybe if I explained the process of the whole thing, it would help. So well, well, explain the difference what I between do. board-based and and script-based, maybe. Yeah. So. Um, oh, and then before you start, yeah, like, can you say what the name of the show is and when it's coming out? And I stuff? can't. Yeah. No. Okay. I can't say that stuff yet. Oh, okay. Um, because it hasn't been announced yet. Uh, okay. Um, so I can't get into those specifics but you can talk about the the tech the deep like this the... i can talk about like the process okay. and like some experiences and stuff okay on it, but I, cool. I can't really talk about the show itself or the story or what it's about yeah i can't okay. i can't do that yet because um i you know that they have to control the release of right that of course information. right 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 but um so yeah, so I'll, I'll just start by talking about the differences between like a script-driven di- versus a board-driven show. Um, and is this board-driven or script-driven? This is a board-driven show. Okay. So um, script-driven shows are, are just like any other show, I guess. You know, there's a writer's room. Um, they write a script, and then instead of shooting it, they give it to the board artists, and the board artists start drawing to the script. Uh a board-driven show is a lot different. Basically, I work with the writers uh, to come up with some premises, and then we submit those to network. When they get approved, if they get approved, we sit down and try to break the story um, into an outline. And uh, once we have an outline, we hand it off to board artists who who usually work in teams there's usually two to a team so uh, for an 11 minute episode we uh we give we do we're doing 11 minute episodes we, we give them the outline uh they go off for a week they start a thumbnail pass which is like rough boards like really rough they board out the whole episode um then they come back uh we print up the storyboards and put them on a cork board wall 
And um, I just go through with the show creator, the supervising producer, the two writers I'm working with, and the uh, uh, supervising board uh, director and I think that's his title, something like that. <laughs> He's a cool guy. But anyway, we go, we go, um, we go through all of their work, and um, we rewrite it on the spot, basically. And I, I kind of, it, every show is different, you know. But um, th- I, the show creator and supervising producer are more on the artistic side of things. So when it comes to story stuff for this show, I. I sort of lead the way in um, rewriting the episodes and stuff like that. Um, and so we we go through the entire episode uh, with the Sharpie and well, rewrite it, dialogue, rework scenes. So at this point, so you wrote an outline mm-hmm. and then you get the boards back from the artists. Now, did the artists write dialogue into their boards, like little captions? Yeah, it's all written. They they like sit down and write it out and draw it. They do both of those things simultaneously. We oh, give them wow. like basically the the outlines that we do are pretty stripped down. Um, animation outlines it can vary. I think on average they're probably like four four or five pages. We give them two page outlines that are very stripped down um, because. Uh, sometimes giving too much dialogue and stuff and the outlines can bog them down. It, it's, it's one of these things where you, you kind of just like give them the structure and the emotional through line for the character and all the beats they need. And then you, you put it, you, you give it to them and they, and it's sort of like, it's like pushing it into the mystery box. Huh. You know, you just like see what happens and they come at you and it's not really what you were thinking exactly, but, um, the borders that we work with are really funny and they're good writers. So they come back with something and we put it on the wall and then we just kind of hone it and sharpen it. And sometimes, you know, they're in there and they're just, they're moving fast through these things and, and they're looking at it in, in kind of the, the micro view. And then we go back and look at it big picture. And, you know, sometimes scenes need to be adjusted or we can like, um, kind of hone things a little so they're sharper, so jokes are sharper, stuff like that. Um, change some dialogue. It's uh, it, a lot of it is making sure that the the characters, uh, the character voices are coming through and staying consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, we have two check-ins with them. The first check-in's usually really rough, and we give a lot of notes. And then they go back and they do the notes, and and then we have a. a a cleaner version of the board the next week and um and we go in and do sort of like more fine fine-tuned notes um little rewrites and like tightening and stuff like that and then they go for another week and a half about and um they do all those notes and they start cleaning up the board so they look more presentable um and then and then they do their final pitch and uh we rewrite it again sometimes more than than others for for the early part of the season this is our first season so we're still figuring a lot out the board artists are still getting the hang of everything now the boards are coming in a lot closer to what we want the show to be um but at first there was a lot that was still being figured out and lost in translation so um there were a few boards that we basically just rewrote the whole thing 
Oh, wow. So we sit down with the board, um, with the uh, with the supervising uh, producer and the show creator, and we just lay lay all the boards out on a table and go through and like rewrite them and um, you know put put a doc together. S- scripts sort of scare them off a little bit. They're not into oh, scripts. Interesting. So there's no script ever. Sometimes we'll do loose scripting on a doc in in uh, a. A, it's it's a different kind of format that's just like mostly dialogue, and then I just put some action in brackets because um, I don't know they just the the the, the artists uh, like a little more freedom in what they do, you know. So I try to not dictate too much, but give them the bones that they need and give them like the dialogue that they need to make a scene work and to make the jokes work. Um, but you know they they're all writers, so it's. It's kind of like uh, more of a supervisory uh, and, and um, rewrite kind of position what right, I'm doing, right? Um, and also, and also, sort of shaping the direction of the show in that, like, you know, basically, you know, I'm, I'm we're also we're writing the we're start we're we're giving them the starting point, you know, we're deciding like what episodes should be about. We're making sure that the characters um, have the right kind of arc and we're we're making sure that the situations themselves are funny like when we're doing outlines it's less about writing specific jokes and making sure that it, it, instead it's about making sure that situations are actually funny like humor can come out of this right we don't know what it is exactly or we don't want to dictate what it is we have versions of what we think it might be mm. but it it needs to be a little looser than all that interesting it's like you're creating molds kind of and then like on the on the british baking show that i've been watching <laughs> you're like creating the molds that they're going to put the pie into or something and sometimes the pie comes over and you don't know what they're putting into it but you're sort of dictating and hoping you know that they stay within those parameters and when they don't you you know you shape it at the end and yeah it's uh it feels more like i mean it's almost like directing in a lot of ways i feel like yeah the Definitely the directing experience that I've had helps out a lot um, because it is it's it's not just like writing because you're also using images to tell the story. I mean, you do that when you're when you're shooting stuff, too. But here you're scripting with images. So that has a huge effect on how jokes play out and and stuff like that. So there is a little bit of that. um, And it's. It's an interesting position. I feel like everything I've done sort of helps inform it, you know, editing, directing, and writing. It all kind of goes into it because you're looking at something, you're sort of writing a finished product from the beginning in a way. You're bringing all aspects in at the same time. Um, and it's fun because because the board artists are really, they're great artists, they're really funny. The show creator is really funny and a great artist and the supervising producer, like everyone's really cool. And you just get all this, all these little like nuggets that I never ever would have thought of, all these like great jokes that come out of the process. So it really is interesting, but um, but it's a lot different than like a writer's room kind of situation because everyone's sort of working separate and then they come together, and it's sort of my job to make sure all of that like dissonance feels cohesive. Nice. Yeah, it's like keeping everything thematically organized, and so that's why it feels like a directing role. To or you know, it feels very similar in that way. But it is interesting how you have to employ every 
all aspects of filmmaking in this one one role. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I don't think I. Th but I think, like I said, every show is kind of different. Um, you know, it, it all depends on the the people involved. Um, yeah. It, it's it's not that because you're you're making something. Um, unlike film where you like you just write something and then you hand it over to a production staff and they start doing stuff, it's all sort of jumbled together. So I think the roles are a little more malleable. Um, I, I don't think story editors are always this involved in notes during the board process. I know some of them are, are more just on the conceptual and um, – and like taking care of the outlines and stuff like that, and then they hand it off, and then from there, it's up to like the sh the showrunners mm. uh, to really like go in there and give notes and and do some of the stuff that I'm doing. But um, but I'm I'm sort of I, I think I have a little bit bigger of a role than than some of some others on other shows. But I don't know it that that's just what I'm told. Interesting. Um. But I, I kind of have trouble because I, I I'm kind of the type where I was like like if I see something that's not right like I want it to I want to fix it you know right. so I just want to make sure that uh, this show because uh, you know I'm putting a lot into it I want to make sure that it's like what we're conceptualizing is being followed through in a way that is going to create a, a really good product I want to be proud of it you know this kind of sounds almost like you're writing and you're you're guiding the show but you're also sort of doing what a producer does sometimes where the producer is trying to make sure that the show that they're making or the movie that they're making is fulfilling this concept that's been presented you know yeah yeah I have a couple of weird specific questions um, so when you do the boarding process in the beginning, it's eleven minute show. How many boards does that represent? Um, so it depends. Uh, it depends on the show. Like if it's an action show or a comedy show, um, what the style is, pacing wise, and also how much the 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 board artists want to draw. Some some board artists will almost like fully animate some stuff. On our show, we don't do that. It's like very stripped down. If you saw some of our boards, you would be like, "Wait, this is this is a show? Like this this these are professionals?" Not, I mean, just because we work in a very loose way, so that they're not doing a lot of work that we end up throwing out. That that's what we don't want to do. We don't want them to like, you know, kill their wrists drawing all this stuff, and then we go in there on the first pass and go like. It's just not right. So we tell them to keep everything very loose until the end. Um, but so you're taking like a let like a board a minute, like no, it's like so. Um, our boards are usually like six hundred to seven hundred panels for oh. eleven minute. Oh wow, damn! So that's what. So that's how many you're looking at in the first when you're doing the first rough is seven hundred panels. Um. Yeah, it 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 all depends on the board, but yeah, anywhere from, I I would say like six hundred about is is like the average. And then, um, and how are you guys viewing these? Are these all digital? Or are they physically drawn? They draw them with the Wacom straight on their monitor uh, into Toon Boom, and and um, but so so then they pitch them on a on a TV. Um, they just, you know, they export a PDF and they, 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 the board artists pitch through their work so that we understand how it's, what they're thinking, how the jokes are supposed to play, all that stuff. 
and uh, we time it to see roughly how long it's lasting. Um, you know, that that's all. It's not like a great way to tell exactly how long it's going to be because, um, you know, their cadence can be fast or slow. But then after they pitch, um, we print six panels to one piece of paper and we, we pin them all up on a corkboard wall. Like the, our, we have a pitch room, which is also the writer's room, and it's uh, just lined with corkboard. Wow. So we just put them all up. And, and so that's uh, like a hundred pages, basically. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah, something like th- yeah. I mean, if it's six hundred panels, would be a hundred pages. It's but it's uh, I don't know. I I don't really pay that much attention. I just look at how thick it is when I'm like going through it, <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I have that much more to get through, that's and it's funny. four o'clock. Wow. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it takes uh, the first. It takes a while to get through them. After, so basically they pitch it and then we do notes for uh, depending on the on what stage of the process it is in or even just like how slow we're moving that day or how much work the board needs. We sit there for like, I don't know, two to three hours going through everything. Um, but it's kind of interesting because it's less... You know, usually when you write something, you can sit down and be thoughtful about it. And, you know, you sort of like drink a cup of coffee or tea or whatever. And you go through uh, what, what you're working on. You type a little. You like think about it. You type a little. You know, th- this is all like going through something live. It's it's all giving live. It's like, you know, you just look at it and there's everyone's looking at you. And you, you're like, okay, because there's like, you know, eight people in the room or something. And you, so you go through and you start reading through the board again. And um, then you have to sit there and you go like, ah, this isn't quite right. What if it was something more like this? And then you just pitch something and you look around the room and, and sort of see how people are responding. Like, what do you think of that? <laughs> right. You know, like I check in with like the show creator or the supervising producer or the, or, or the writers or the board artists themselves, depending on what what I guess, I guess who I think would best know what's right, you know, or be able to sort of like chime in and, um, and, and then you just spitball or you like, or the show creator also does the voice. So all, all, uh, he, he acts too. Does he do character. all the voices or just one voice? He does. Um, he's doing mainly just one voice, but he'll do some throwaway voices also. Um, so, uh, and he's super funny so so sometimes we'll just spitball together or like the writers will chime in or whoever or we'll just, I'll just go to the board artist and be like uh, this isn't quite right maybe if it was, it was something more like this or, or how do you think you could adjust it to get this effect you know right. um, so then the other question I had which is a nerdy question is so you, you do an outline you turn it in like for one episode and then you have to wait a week to get that back from the board artist roughly, or does it take a little longer or? Um, so they, they have one week. They, it's on a schedule. Oh, so, wow. so we have three board teams right now. Oh, okay. Um, that was what I was getting at. It's like, what are you doing while you're waiting? Are you just writing other outlines for other episodes? So, so much stuff. Yeah. Um, usually the position is just writing outlines and pushing uh, the, they call them springboards, but it's just like basically a log line, like ideas for episodes. You also have to get approved through the network. So um, it's it's mostly just getting those out and then getting outlines uh, approved first, written, rewritten, 
then approved through the showrunner and supervising producer and then um we do those notes or i we, at this point we basically just read through it and make adjustments live on on those two because we don't have that much time and then we send it in the network get their notes or approval or they tell us to shelve it um but uh basically so there's three board teams so we usually have three check-ins a week uh, there's an off week. It's on a month schedule. So every part of the process at, at some point has an off week where you don't have to do it, which is kind of nice. You get a little breathing room. But so um, what what I do is work on springboards and outlines with the with the writers and rewriting old things because as we go along, you know, we learn more about the characters in the show and then we look at an outline that we wrote a few months ago that hasn't been given to a board artist yet and we're like, Oh, this doesn't fit anymore. Uh, and then we go through and we will have to like rewrite it. Um, so we do that. And then there's usually three check-ins a week um, because there's a check-in at each stage of the process uh, for the board artists. There's the the thumbnail, then um, the cleanup, and then the their final pitch. But even after the final pitch, we do adjustments and then a dialogue script is made for the record. So I rewrite those too. And we punch them up before the record. And then there's also the animatics. And I'm, I, I go into the animatic sits uh, with the editor. And, and at that point, we're adjusting things, you know, tightening things, uh, giving general edit notes. But also, unlike in um, live action, you have the ability to redraw things, too. So depending on what's happening or what's going on, um, you know, he has a Wacom in there. So the... Uh, the showrunner and supervising producer they'll like draw directly in or they'll draw on a piece of paper scan it in or whatever um so we do a little bit of that and there's there's rewriting in there you can always like uh the the studio has a record booth there and we're, we have weekly records so that's another thing we do is once a week we record an episode also and i help direct um uh the be, because the sh the showrunner also does the voice and we we kind of know our sensibilities, each other's sensibilities really well. I sit in those also and kind of help guide him a little bit um, along with the voice director and the supervising producer. Oh, so there is a voice director in addition to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. There's three people in the booth and we all kind of work together to get what we're going for because the the the... The voice director, it's kind of like a TV director or something, you know. Right. They come in, they're only there for a few hours a week, and we're working on the show the whole time, you know. So we've been all in all the pitches, we've been rewriting it, all that stuff. So there's things that we want to get, and um, she's she's really great, um, but she is at a little bit of a disadvantage because of that. So we all work together to make sure it's it's really good. Um, and uh, yeah, she she really helps out a lot, and and it's, she also keeps everything on track, on schedule during the voice records, and makes sure um, we're getting enough variation, all that stuff, and, oh, okay. and staying on top of everything. And wow. and she works when because there's other cast members. Um, you know, we mostly like we'll direct uh, the show creator who does the main voice a lot, but the other actors that come in she definitely takes the lead on that stuff you know um so uh yeah so so 
do the animatic stuff um, and, and the is, voice records. Is the animatic the next step after the boards are finalized? Is that what happens after that? Um, so, so the boarders have a week for the thumbnails, then a week, and then it's the cleanup pass, and then they have a week and a half until their final pitch. And so um, at that point, it goes, it gets, we do another pass on it, then it goes through... Uh, and and a dialogue script is written. We punch up the dialogue script. Then it's recorded, and then it um, goes to animatic. And then there's also a revision process that either happens before, concurrently, or after the animatic. It's like it depending on what how busy they are and stuff. So, yeah. And so then it's the animatic. And then once the animatic is locked. The revisionists go through it and they clean everything up and make sure that it's matching the animatic. And then on top of that, once they're done, the supervising producer will... Okay, so then it goes to a timing director. And the timing director uses the animatic and the boards and his extensive knowledge. He's like one of these guys who's been doing this forever. Like the timing directors, it's like a very specific job that not a very many, not very many people can do, I guess, or, or have the, the, the experience with. So, um, he's, he's a guy who's been working for like 50 years in the industry. So he, he goes through and uses his knowledge and expertise to, um, do these timing sheets, which are like, they, they look like old time accounting stuff. Like it's all done <laughs> on paper and, wow. and it's just like this weird spreadsheet where they go through and it's like panel number, whatever, uh, six seconds for him to move or not say they all, it's all by frames. It's like six frames for him to lift his arm. And then this movement, he blinks every eight frames and like it's, wow. yeah, it's very Holy exacting. Moly. And then after that, it goes to the supervising producer. They print up, um, these like, the master boards and he goes through and he'll put down post-it notes and draw over panels to do final revisions add extra poses. He, he works on timing a little bit also. Does um, he take the timing sheet that's been made and alter it or, or is uh, he... He, he will a little bit, but it, it mostly what he does is, um, well, so he does a pass, I think, before the timing director even gets it. And then the timing director uses the animatic and these this, like, fat master board, uh, uh, two panels per 11 by 17 page. Um, and he uses that as a reference. Then it comes back to the supervising producer. And he goes in and he just, like, makes it all better and ready to ship to Korea. And so then we ship this um, fat stack of papers... With, with all the boards, uh, with all the different revisions on them to Korea, along with the timing sheets and the animatic. But they don't even use the animatic. They, they like, look at it for tonal reference, I think, but they don't use it for timing. They just use the sheets. They just use the boards. They use the boards and the sheets. And they go through it, and they... Um, they do so much. I, I don't. Yeah. That, that's a whole crazy process. So, too. I'm really unsure about how this works. So you have the boards, <laughs> yeah, these final boards, and then they get sent to Korea. And then are are the people in Korea, the animators there, are they actually taking the physical boards that you send, and then animating those, or do they just take those as references and they do their own digital animation in Korea? Like, how does it actually um, work? So they don't. It's not a digital show. It's all. It's a. It's a hand drawn. It's going to be a hand drawn show. So they don't 
they just use those boards as reference and they redraw them. And so we, we, so we send those boards over and they're not a hundred percent right either. You know, it, they, they're expressive and they show like where the characters sort of, they show the framing and all that stuff um, and the acting of the characters, but they also reference these model sheets that are sent over where it's like, this is actually what the character is supposed to look like consistently at all times. This is how big they are. This oh, is like wow. what the model looks like. And so they use those as reference and, and the boards and they sort of take, you know, they're incredibly skilled artists that will actually animate everything based, based off the boards to tell the story, but using a little bit more the the actual models the revisionists also try to get things mostly on model, but in Korea, the impression that I get from it is that they basically look at look at it, they look at the frame, and then they redraw it. Wow, so it looks just like the boards, but it's just drawn by somebody else, basically. I think it looks. I think it's going to come back different. Oh, it's, really? It's they use the boards as reference. They go like, oh, okay, so it's a shot. Uh, I mean, they use the acting as, as reference too. I mean. It's all it's all in the boards, but it's not going to come back looking like the boards exactly. The boards are, are pretty bare, and and one thing, it's a weird process in, in that what I do is like like what I do is is more vague than what I would usually do when writing something, you know. And then you hand it to an artist, and the artist interprets that. Well, it's kind of the same way when you send it to Korea. Um, what what everyone kind of says as the rule of thumb is that like you don't want things to be too tight because then they'll take it too literally and it'll come back a little weird. You kind of want it to be a little looser because you know they they know what they're doing, um, and and if you leave it a little loose, then they'll interpret it the way they think best fits. Um, so you kind of want to give them a little bit of freedom and things because it'll come back better. Nice. And then how long does it take to get it back from Korea? It's like 6 months or something? It's uh I think it takes like we're just shipping our first thing um on Monday. Oh, so your first one being shipped out Monday. Yeah, wow. we're um so I I think it takes like for an 11 minute like 2 3 months to get it back. Um, with just the the black and white, and then it goes and it gets um, colored. Wow, holy moly! And so these are black and white so boards you're sending over. They're color boards that you send over. You send over like really rough, or I mean, not really. Rough. Yeah, you send over these like rough uh, boards that that aren't don't have color unless you know. Sometimes the board artists will use a little color to indicate like, hey, this is. Um, like uh, paint or something like they're painting something versus like just having an outline of it, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's in every, every step along the way, you're basically just doing more and more detailed instructions until you get up to the point where you have like this uh, blueprint, like diagram. And so we don't just send over that. Along with the boards, you also send over uh, thing, you know, information about the backgrounds, like drawings of like this is what this scene looks like. This you do a you do key keyframes of the backgrounds. Um, so so artists here will draw 
um, they'll draw these really great um, line renderings of the backgrounds and then there's also a painter who will paint them and then we send that to Korea and they do they use that as like the master background say if you're doing like a wide shot as like a, like in in live action you have your master shot or something like that so they'll do the background for the master shot but then in Korea they do all the backgrounds for all the close-ups and stuff in the style that the artists here are doing them for the you know cut-ins and whatever else all right thanks everyone for listening uh, that has been the first part of our conversation with jordan harris um next week we'll have part two where we talk about a lot more fun stuff um but yeah if you'd like to uh, get in contact with us you can reach us at www.makingmoviesishard.com uh, you can find me uh, at Allwork B on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. And Andrew Schrader's information is in the show notes, um, as usual. And yeah, if you want to find Jordan's work, um, we'll we'll throw Jordan's information in the show notes as well. I think he has a website. I'm not sure if he's a social media guy. I don't think so. Also, one more thing. We have a live show coming up on May 31st in Redwood City at the Brave Maker Film Festival. Uh, Co-host Samia Salami and and I will be out there doing a show uh, for the film festivals. We are going to talk to a bunch of the filmmakers at the film festival, hear about their projects and what they're up to, and um, yeah, and it will be a lot of fun. So hope you guys can make it. I'll have a link to the event here on this episode, and I hope to see you guys at the film festival on May 31st in Redwood City. But anyways... Thanks for listening to another episode, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.